well, I want to, if you want to turn with me to Judges 12, thank you, First Lady, for playing for us. She always backs me up. And uh, can we just, can we celebrate? Y'all, y'all pray for us because uh, it's, it's, getting, it's getting close. And uh, we'll have two boys running around. And uh, we already got our hands full with one, so uh, we'll have to. We'll be leaning on on some on some church people, no doubt. If you want to, if you want to turn with me to Judges twelve, I want to. I want to just share a message with you this morning, and I plan on having some fun this morning. Who likes to have fun? Come on, I know some of y'all like to have more fun than that. Uh, who likes to have fun at church? Even better. Come on, we can have church in the house. Uh, we're family here. Come on. And uh, so I want to look at Judges 12, and I'll give you a chance to find it. But I want to talk about something uh, really um, that you may never have heard talked about in church before. Let me pull these. I might need my notes, y'all. You get a pastor up here. You get a preacher that gets off preaching without their notes, and you could be in church for a long time. Um, so I want to do something. Real quick, I want you to, you got my picture, throw that up. I'll give him a second. I didn't warn him. That's a, that's a life of, a, of an audiovisual technician in a church. Uh, you just don't get it. It's behind the boxes of blessing. There you go. Okay, don't say that. Don't say what it is. All right, we got to do something here. We're going to do something here. Okay. I'm going to count to three. And on three, I want you to yell out what you think that is. Okay? Okay, ready? I said, Wait. All right. My goodness. Okay, we're trying to do this team-building exercise here. Okay, ready? On three, I want you to yell at what you think that is. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Acorn. Okay, some of y'all said it wrong. If you heard somebody say it wrong, don't, I don't want you looking at them or anything. Uh, listen, I got, I, I even went and got some in. You know, when your dad's a pastor, sometimes he makes you do weird things. And so the weirdest thing that I've made my kids do yet is uh, as I made them go out, we've got these oak trees behind the church, and I made them go pick up, uh, I made them go pick up about 100 acorns. And yeah, I said acorn. Don't fight me. I made them go pick up all them acorns yesterday. If you want to take an acorn home, you can. Um, if you want to eat it, you gotta, you got to bake it first. Um, you can't eat those things. You know, I, this is weird. You didn't know you were going to come to church today and learn about acorns. But we're going to talk about it, Clayton. Come on. Uh, I can tell whatever I want to up here. Uh, listen. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I, was, I was curious, uh, as I was getting ready for this message, uh, I was curious about what you could do with, a, with an anchor. Can you really eat the thing? Because people talk about eating them. Man, you can eat those things. And l- l- Disclaimer, let's do this so we don't get sued. Um, if you go home and eat a bunch of acorns out of your yard and get sick, um, don't sue Community Church North Webster because of what the pastor said, okay? You got to bake them. You got to cook them right, all right? But people, people uh, make dishes with these things. Man, they, they make coffee with acorns. And I'm like, what are you doing to your coffee? The coffee is not to be trifled with in such a way as this. Uh, but people use those things. And, uh, but it always comes down to, is it an acorn or an acorn? And you can tell probably where somebody's from by the way they say that word. If they say acorn, you know that that, that person has probably spent a, a significant portion of their life in the woods. 
uh, outdoors. If they say acorn, well, then maybe they have to. I don't know. Uh, But the simple act of pronouncing a word can reveal to someone a lot of information about uh, about you. Listen, family, there is even a chapter in the Bible that talks about this, and we're going to read it in Judges. So Judges 12, it says, The Ephraimites were called up for battle and crossed over to the Zephron. They said to Jephthah, Why did you cross over to fight the Ammonites and not call us to go with you? We're going, to burn your, we're going to burn down your house over you. Jephthah replied to them, My people and I were in great conflict with the Ammonites. But when I cried out to you, you didn't rescue me from their power. When I saw that you weren't going to rescue me, I risked my own life and crossed over against the Ammonites, and the Lord handed them over to me. So why have you marched against me today to fight me? So Jephthah gathered all the men of Gilead and fought the Ephraimites. The Gileadites defeated the Ephraimites because they had said, You are fugitives from Ephraim. Gilead stands within Ephraim and Manasseh. Manasseh. Gileadites took control of the Jordan's crossing points into Ephraim. Whenever one of the Ephraimite fugitives said, let me cross, the Gileadites would ask him, are you an Ephraimite? If he said no, they would tell him, then, y'all, this is dirty. They would say, they, they would say to him, say, Shibboleth. But he would say, Sibboleth, because he couldn't pronounce it correctly. So they would seize him and kill him at the Jordan's crossing points. 42,000 of the Ephraimites fell at that time. What? That's one of those Bible stories that you don't hear on most Sunday mornings. They're out here grabbing these people and they're saying, hey, can you say this word? And if they say it wrong, they're dead. Y'all, let me tell you something. And it'll be, it'll be a lot of dead folks around, around my house because... Sometimes we get so messed up with words and names, and man, I'm telling you, um, and I'm so bad with names. I'll meet somebody. Y'all, I was getting ready to marry a couple one time. Pastor, if you've ever done a, 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 a marriage, um, I was on, this was like the second one I had done. I was really nervous. <clears throat> and so we were standing here. We were in this house, and, and I'm standing right here. And if you don't know me, you know I get a little weird about personal space. Okay, or if you know me, you know that. You know, I get a little weird about personal spaces. So I said, oh, man, I'm so excited about this wedding. I'm so happy for you guys. And, uh, and so they, they came, they stood, and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. So I just, I, y'all, I love weddings. I love seeing people get married. And, um, and they stood, like, this close to me. And I was like, okay, I'm not getting married to you. you. But I couldn't scoot back anymore because the altar was here. And I didn't want to turn around and kneel at the altar because I thought that might have been weird in the middle of a wedding. But I need a deliverance, bad. And so I got really nervous. And so this young couple's getting married. Dude's name was Travis, okay? And so I said, do you, Tyler? <laughs> Yikes. Yikes, man. Do you, Tyler? And his, she was about to be, she turned around to my entire face and said, who's Tyler? 
And I didn't realize what I did wrong at this point, Sue. And I'm like, you don't, you finna marry this dude? You don't know what his name is? Like, that's what's in my head. And all of a sudden, I realize, she's like mad, y'all. She big mad. And I realize, oh, I'm an idiot. And I said, I'm so sorry. Here's your name. And so we go on. And then I forgot the ring ceremony. So it was, a, it was really bad, Jason. It was really bad. Um, anyway. <laughs> And so you can tell a lot about somebody by the way that they respond. You can tell a lot about somebody by the way that they respond. And so in this situation, in this story that we've read from from Judges 12, a, a question was asked and a response was given. And if the wrong response was given, then there was a severe punishment. And uh, sometimes, uh, if you've got a three-nager, you know about responses that don't work right, right? And so, listen, so I want to give you three, uh, kind of three little thinking points this morning. Um, and the first is response. If you're taking notes with me today, I want you to write this down. Response is relevant to relationship. Come on, let me say that again to you. Response is relevant to relationship. How many of you know uh, your response changes with the change of your relationship to somebody? Come on. You know, when, when you get married to somebody, when you're dating somebody, and you, you, you go and you pick, maybe you go to the house and you pick him or her up and they're looking nice, you know. He's got the bod man on. Y'all remember the bod that used to come in the spray bottle? You still got it? Oh, my. And, and you would always get about 400 times more than you needed because bod was loud smelling. And so you, you come up to the house to pick him up and they come out and you know, she's like, hey, you look, so, you look so nice, you look beautiful. And he's like... Hey, you know, and he borrows his dad's truck, you know. And when you get married, let me tell you something. Things change a little bit, all right? And so the response goes from, uh, you know, maybe you're a little frustrated when you're dating. You're still trying to, you know, win points. You're like, hey, it's okay. I mean, it's whatever. When you get married, it's like, hey, why didn't you do the dishes? What happened? You know, and listen, listen, I'm being funny. But it do be happening, though. And, uh, <laughs> When your relationship changes, your response changes as well, okay? And so we give a funny example about married people. But let's think about your relationship with Christ. Does that, have a di- does that cause a difference in your response to things? Let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Your response should be relevant to, or is relevant to your relationship. And if you've got a relationship with Christ, if you're following Jesus, if you're rooted and your foundation is in him, then your response should reflect that. Come on. Come on, somebody. So listen, so that means when something is not going your way, are you allowed to freak out and scream and cuss and, and do all this stuff? I don't think so. I think you're allowed to be angry. Ephesians says that. It says you can be mad, and there's not a single one of us that doesn't get mad about things. But you're not allowed. I shouldn't say you're not allowed. But listen, you shouldn't. 
that's a better word. You shouldn't be walking around blowing people up, going crazy on folks. If you've got a relationship with Christ Jesus, come on. And so, so look at this. I love this, the, the way this verse ends, abounding in thanksgiving. Have you ever responded to some kind of um, uh, adverse situation with thanksgiving? That's an attitude thing, man. You know, Brittany and I, we're, we're dealing with a crisis at our house right now that involves the plumbing. And there's nothing quite like a plumbing crisis, okay? Because it gets really intense really fast, all right? And so I was really frustrated. <clears throat> and I was like, you know, it was like, ah, what are we going to do? You know, and Brittany's like, calm down. And she's like, hey, at least we got this to have this problem with, you know? And that's an attitude I think that we've all got to make sure we get to. And I love this story about Pastor Gladney Hunt. And Pastor Daphne told this, uh, told this just the other day, and, and I want to share it today. But uh, this, this pastor would say, what do you say, praise God anyway? Praise God. And so, he's, so he, he was known for saying, praise God, no matter what's going on. Praise God. Praise God. And something, he had a rough day. Praise God. Had someone act ugly. Praise God. And so the story goes, he, he's known, he's working at a garment factory, and he goes up to open his, he's got a, a flat tire. He says, well, praise God. And so he opens his trunk to get the spare. Guess what, family? The spare is flat. And so his, his boss said, preacher, you better mean it this time. <laughs> And so, praise God. But listen, I know that pastor, and I've seen him in the middle of some pretty hard situations, and he always says, praise God, anyway. And I don't think that, I think that your praise can keep, can, can remain. If you know Jesus, and you know the testimonies, that, that you know that, you know what, today might be tough. You might have gotten a, a really hard answer or really you may have gotten a really bad report at the doctor and you could still praise God you know you may have been laid off your job and you could still praise God because at the end of the day no matter what your situation is he still got you come on at the end of the day he still loves you and at the end of the day he's still your champion so your response is relevant to relationship so the closer you get to Jesus the more Christ-like I feel like you will become uh, that you should become. And so when you are faced with situations, I love uh, visiting with, with Christians that are older that have gone and fought before me because they've always got this patience and this, this, uh, this quiet strength. And so maybe I'll be freaking out and I'll be like, oh, what are we going to do? And they just, they just know that God's got this thing because they've been in that relationship so long. They've been in that relationship long and they've seen God do things, do good things and win battles time and time and time again. And so young Christians hear me today. You need to be paying attention to your elders. Come on. You need to be learning from them and seeing the, listening to that wisdom. They've seen God do it. And guess what? He'll do it again in your life. So let's look at the second thing. Um, relationship. All right. So response is relevant to relationship. The way you respond to something is based on your relationship with that thing. And so, uh, uh the second thing I want to talk about is relationship is based on recognition. And I love this story. I want to tell it's a little bit long, but it comes from Luke five. And it says, when he finished speaking, talking about Jesus to the crowds, he said to Simon, Row out farther into the deep water 
and drop your nets for a catch. Now see, Jesus had just walked up to Simon Peter and said, hey, I need to use your boat. Now could you imagine if you were a professional fisherman? If you were a professional fisherman and this man walks up and says, hey, I need to use your boat. You'd be like, huh? You can't use my boat? But there was something there. And so he says, okay, you can use my boat. So he gets in the boat and he speaks to the people. And I think that Peter's sitting there listening to this. And he's thinking, I don't, I don't really know what to think about all this. And so Jesus says, go out farther. And Peter says, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But because you say so, I'll drop the nets. And there's, you can, you can kind of hear a little bit of, 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 of fatigue in his voice here, in his words. Okay, because you say so, we'll go. We'll go and do it. So they dropped the nets, and their catch was so huge that their nets were splitting. They signaled for their partners in the other boat to come help them. Guys, come help us now. They filled both boats so full that they were about to sink. And no game warden noticed. That's not in there. When Simon Peter saw the catch, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Leave me, Lord, for I'm a sinner. James and John, Zebedee's sons, were Simon's partners, and they were amazed too. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. As soon as they brought the boats to the shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. So look, let's look at these two words here. At first he says, master. He says a general term for Jesus. He doesn't understand, okay? He says, all right, man, we'll go out. You, you know, you already... But I already missed a bunch of fish because I'm sitting here while you're preaching. And so they go out farther. And what happens? Jesus works this miracle. And Peter sees the power and the awesomeness of Jesus. And he falls down and says, not master anymore. No, family. He says, Lord. And he begins to recognize. Relationship is based on recognition. How many of you in your life have ever struggled with that? Maybe you, maybe you went, and went to church for a long time and you just kind of grew up in church and you heard the name Jesus and you heard the songs and you heard the preaching and it kind of got routine and you had to have something happen for you to really recognize the power of Jesus. You had to have something happen. Listen, those moments are testimony moments and you need to keep them with you always because let me just, let me help you with this. It may have hurt, and it may have been a long, hard season for you, but there's going to be someone else out there going through a long, hard season, and they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They can't see the ending, and they're struggling, and you've got that story of greatness. You've got that story of what Jesus did. Come on. You've got that story of that victory in your heart. You better share it with them. You better share it with them. Don't you keep that to yourself. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Relationship is based on recognition. So you, you build relationships with people in your life. You build, your relation, you build relationships with things in your life. Come on, there's Ford people out there. There's Chevy people out there. There's Dodge Ram people out there. You know the best way to tell if a guy's driving a Dodge Ram, Pastor Daphne? Well, you hear it coming. If it ain't squeaking, Jared, it ain't a Dodge. Come on. I might have hurt some of y'all's feelings, but listen, I've been driving a Dodge for a long time, and you can hear him coming, all right? Man, he's, we're going to get off that. Listen, 
So you build relationship with things, and you and you want things that that help. You want things that don't let you down. And uh, you, there's there's people out there that use products, and man, I didn't really work right, and so you move away from that. Let me tell you something. The closer you get to Jesus, the more and the more that you lean on Jesus, the more that you will come back saying, "He does not let me down." The more that that relationship will build, and the more that relationship will strengthen, because the more you will recognize who he is. I don't ever want you, family, I don't ever want you to come to church and say, man, I just love Jesus, and I love church, and it's so good, and stop right there. I want you to dive in. I want you to keep pushing. Because you could sit, you could sit where you're at and do good and go to church and have a good time and laugh at the preacher's jokes, even if they're not funny. But there's so much more when you recognize who Jesus is, that he is a champion that fights for us, that he is a redeemer that redeems us. There's so much more, come on, for us. There's so much more there. Relationship is based on recognition. And so just like Peter, I want to recognize the power of Jesus and so when I see something going on and I need to respond to that situation, I don't think, well, I don't know what we're going to do here. I don't know if we're going to be able to handle this because I know that I've got a redeemer and I recognize the power and I know that that's relevant to this situation. And so my response doesn't have to be, oh, I'm afraid. I'm so scared and I'm shaking in my boots and my faith is shaking. That doesn't have to be my response. My response can be, come on, even in the valley I will praise. My response can be, he's king up there on the mountain and he's still king down here in the valley. My response can always be excited, even when I'm faced with things. Come on, one of the hardest things that I had to watch happen was a, was a friend, a dear friend, be taken by a sickness. And it was so difficult to watch everyone around him struggle and say, man, what do we do with our faith here? But to see that family stand and say, even in this valley, I can stand on something solid. Because I recognize the power and I remember the good things. And although a disease could take someone I love from me, he's in the arms of Jesus now. And that legacy and testimony can keep living on until we meet again. Relationship is based on recognition. And what do we, we, we used to say this a lot, you better recognize Come on, recognize that power. Recognize. And the closer you get to something, the more you begin to recognize it. The, the more time you spend with something, the more you recognize. Listen, I saw a guy in the store the other day. He came up to me. He said, hey, brother, man, how you doing? And I was like, I'm doing good. How are you? He's like, man, I, I, it's good to see you, JB. And I was like, and in the Assemblies of God, we have this thing. It's awesome. We say brother. And I was like, yeah, you too, brother. I didn't know what that dude's name was. I have no idea, Miss Brenda. I, I may have never seen that dude in my, in my life. <laughs> and so, you know, we say, brother, there was a lot of people growing up in this church. I thought a lot of these men had to name, first name brother, you know, because you say brother Harris. And I'm like, oh, his name is brother, you know, and brother Morgan. Man, there's a bunch of people named brother. That's weird. And so, 
Anyway, the closer you get to something, the more time you spend around it, the more you recognize. And that's the third point. Recognition is grounded in proximity. Psalm 73 says, My body and heart fail, but God is my heart's rock and my share forever. Look, those far from you die. You annihilate all those who are unfaithful to you, but me, it's good for me to be near God. I have taken my refuge in you, my Lord God, so I can talk about all your works. Recognition is grounded in proximity. When you, um, when you have a, a little one, you bring them home, uh, almost immediately they begin to recognize you. And as a parent, that's one of the most powerful things that you'll ever experience in your life is when those little eyes open and begin to recognize you. Can I just, can I just share something that I feel like God has on my heart? That's the way he feels when his people look at him with recognition. You know what? When you face something, y'all, I don't think we pray about the little things enough. Can I say that? I don't think we pray about the little things enough. I've been, for the past three days, I've, I've been suffering with something called ocular migraines. And you get something like that, and it's, an, it's a nuisance. It's an annoyance. It's something that's going to last about an hour, and then you go on with your day. Why don't we pray about those things? Is that too little to give God? Did your children ever draw you a picture? My son came up to me last night, and he said, Dad, I drew you a picture for Mother's Day. I was like, wow, thanks, bro. What is it? And then he, he didn't tell me what it was. He just run off. And I accepted that. I accepted that. Let me tell you something. Don't you ever start thinking that your problem is too little for a big God. Don't you ever think that your father, yes, he stretched the universe out. He created you from nothing built you, knit you together in your mother's womb. Don't you ever think that a big God is too big for your little problem. And so you know what? You woke up with a headache today. Give it to him. You're frustrated. Say that prayer. Does it have to be a down on your knees, uh, King James Version, uh, 99 thesis uh, prayer? No, but you talk to him because proximity builds recognition. And so we want to get close and we want to spend more time with him. Amen. I love this. I have taken my refuge in you. And worship team, if you guys want to come back, we want to get ready to close here. That's the thing. When you have refuge and you have, you know, God's got me. Your response begins to change. Your response to situations that hurt, that are hard, begins to change. Your response when you don't know what the answer is going to be begins to change. Your response when you look around and everything is coming crashing down begins to change because instead of running around frantically and freaking out, you can stand and say, I take refuge in you, Jesus. 
I take refuge in you. Man, that's good. I just wanted to share that with you this morning. And what I want to do, worship team's going to begin to sing. And I just want to worship again with that thought on our heart. God, you are my refuge. You're my strength. Come on. In times of trouble, what? You lift me up. I don't have to be afraid of what's out there in the dark. There's a lot of spooky stuff. My kids, when we're driving around the neighborhood, they like to look and see because there's people who got like giant pumpkins inflated in their yard. And they'll say, whoa, they got a spooky yard, daddy. They got a spooky yard. And uh, you know what? There's a season right now that celebrates all that scary stuff. You know what? There are things out there in the unknown that freak you out, that make you nervous. It could be health issues. Come on, it could be job issues. It could be relationship issues. You might know somebody that's marriage is literally falling to pieces. And both husband and wife are freaking out in their heart. Family, we don't have to freak out. We have we could take refuge. Would you stand with us? Maybe you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I need to get closer. I need that proximity. Or maybe you say, I've been responding in an unhealthy way to situations. Maybe I've my temper has just been getting a little too much. I've been getting a little too upset. Maybe that's you. Maybe you say, I need to recognize the power that Jesus has and begin giving more things to him. I want to just pray together. I want to pray with you. And so as they begin to sing this song, I'm going to just be right here. And if you want to crowd this altar, you can. If you want to find yourself on your knees in this meeting place, then you can do that. But I just encourage you this morning, before we leave, just for a few minutes, let's find a place to pray. Let's get our hearts in the right place. Come on. Because there are people out there that need to hear a good message from you this week. And if your heart's not right, then I don't know if you're going to respond the right way to them. Is that okay to say? So I want to get myself right, right now before I leave this place. So worship team, lead us. These altars are open, and I encourage you to come and spend just a few minutes.